I'm so like hopeful and excited about the next 20 years, but really the next five is what is going to happen in the public health world. Um, because it's almost like a completely new, like a whole new world um, that, you know, embarking on because of all these things that have happened. And it's just um, such an amazing time to be in public health right now. You're listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Join Michael Holtz and his guests for conversations about all things ORAU. They'll talk about ORAU storied history, our impact on an ever-changing world, our innovative scientific and technical solutions for our customers, and our commitment to the communities where we do business. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. Welcome to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Michael Holtz, in the communications and marketing department at ORAU. And today, I am really excited to be talking to two folks that I know fairly well um, from the world of public health. Um, Julie Crumley, Dr. Julie Crumley, our own senior researcher here at ORAU, and Dr. Paul Irwin, who is the Dean of the School of Public Health at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. And you may be wondering, why are we talking to Dr. Paul Irwin, the Dean of the School of Public Health at the University of Alabama, Birmingham? And it's because these two people are connected because um, Julie's an alum of UAB and recently w received an award um, as an alum from UAB. She received the Alumni Award for Practice. Um, and we're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about the state of public health in general and whatever the heck other ground we might cover in the next few minutes. So first, let me welcome Julie and Dr. Irwin. Welcome to Further Together, the ORU podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Pleased to be here. Glad to have you. So Julie, let's start with you. So you received this award, the Alumni Award for Practice from the School of Public Health at UAB. Um, what does this award mean to you? as a public health practitioner? Oh, wow. Um, it, it, it means, you know, really it's a tremendous honor and privilege um, to have graduated from the School of Public Health at UAB um, and really just, I mean, that that's pretty much sums it all up. It's an honor and a privilege um, to even be in the same um, sentence uh, or a list of other awardees um, that were um, awards that were given out this year. So just complete honor and, and being back there was just like being at home. Um, you know, seeing the, some of the same faces and new faces and it just fantastic culture and environment there in the School of Public Health. And um, they really um, set the bar high so quite a, <laughs> truly an honor and privilege. Awesome. Um, well, congratulations, first of all, and of course. And Dr. Irwin, um, Julie Crumley was the recipient of this year's Alumni Award for Practice. Why? 
Well, I'm uh, really, really pleased that um, that that Julie um, received the award um, and um, that it's an acknowledgement of um, of her accomplishments uh, at ORIU uh, and the work that uh, that she's been doing there. Um, again, the the award, uh, the particular award that she received was the Alumni Award for Practice. And um, those of us who um, know something about the work of ORAU know that um, that uh, that that work impacts the practice of public health far and wide. Um, and um, uh, it was because of that impact to the practice world of Julie's work um, that, that she received this award. And so we're, um, uh, she has, um, has brought great visibility to, to UAB in her work and through her work. And um, we, we hope that, um, that other alumni who, um, who come from UAB will, um, will see this work uh, as, as being uh, both representative of the kinds of alumni that, that we produce, but also um, uh, impactful in, in the practice world. Excellent. Um, and Dr. Irwin, you talked about ORU having an impact on the practice of public health, you know, far and wide, as you said. Um, can we unpack that a little bit? I mean, yes, I know we, you know, public health is, you know, certainly part of our capabilities. We are not per se, you know, a public health agency, but we work very closely with um, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the National Institutes of Health and, you know, other organizations that um, do have a, you know, impact on public health. So we're, we're kind of right there in the trenches. And of course, we have folks like Julie who are, um, and many other folks on our public health team that are, are public health practitioners. So, you know, we're, we're sort of touching a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. You, you, you are. And, um, the, um, the, the work that ORAU does, uh, particularly in the areas of, of eval evaluation and assessment, um, has, uh, has, has huge impact in the public health practice field. Um, you know, we, we, we often, uh, at least in my experience, when I was in public health practice working with the Tennessee Department of Health, mm -hmm. um, evaluation and assessment was, and I would say especially evaluation, was one of our weakest areas in public health practice. Um, and I, I think there were a number of reasons for this, but... Um, uh, it, um, it, it's an important um, and incredibly valuable um, uh, arena that ORU finds itself in when, uh, when it's conducting large-scale evaluation uh, projects and activities, uh, whether it's for CDC or, or the NIH or um, 
other um, uh, level um, of um, public health um, uh, organizations within both federal and state agencies. And just for the sake of honesty, you and I um, worked together briefly um, when I believe you were at the Tennessee Department of Public Health and I was at the Knox County Health Department, so our paths crossed. Yes. Um, and we did some work together. And um, actually, one of one of my favorite time periods when I was at the um, Knox County Health Department was the um, course that you led on um, um, basically, I think it was public health evaluation, basically understanding how that process works um, and why it's important to measure what we do. I'll make note of, of one other connection that, that we have, Michael. While I was, um, uh, I, I think your time at the Knox County Health Department uh, also coincided with me leaving the Tennessee Department of Health and going to establish the Department of Public Health at the University of Tennessee. Right. And um, while I was there as department uh, head, um, a person by the name of Jeff Miller uh, <laughs> uh, came through and got his PhD while I was there. Uh, and I was on Jeff's dissertation committee um, and actually ended up uh, being a co-author on at least two of his publications that came from his dissertation. And I know wow. that uh, Jeff is uh, on your leadership team there at ORAU. And so, again, very pleased uh, for that. Freddie Gray is another graduate uh, from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, well before my time there. But um, I know that there are other graduates uh, from, uh, from UT uh, up and down uh, the hallways of ORIU. So there are multiple uh, points of, of interface. Absolutely. But is our UAB graduate. Right, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let's make that clear. <laughs> small world, <clears throat> very That's small right. world. Yes. That's right, we are all connected, it's true. Um, so, you know, in the last, the last few years, we've been going through kind of a major public health crisis, right? Um, and on some levels, public health has taken a beating. Um, but public health is so critical. I mean, what public health practitioners do in terms of disease prevention and education, and as you said, Paul, you know, evaluation of understanding, you know, basically, you know, what what gets measured, you know, gets evaluated, what gets counted gets evaluated um, and determines the success of, you know, a campaign, whether it's education or, um, you know, a vaccine uptake, whatever it is. Um, where are we in the world of public health today? And I know that's a big question, but, um, I know practitioners are still doing their thing, you know, despite all of the, all of the stuff um, of the last few years, there's still work to do. There's lots of work to do. You know, Michael, I, I, I think that, um, first of all, that um, many people 
uh, have discovered public health mm. because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, the joke around the, uh, the school is that many people now realize that an epidemiologist is not a skin doctor. Um, and, um, and, and, it, it, and that interest actually was reflected in a huge surge in uh, enrollment, not only at our school, but in public health schools and programs like the one at UT uh, across the nation in the fall of 2020. Um, we haven't maintained that, uh, that huge tidal wave, um, but we're still, uh, our, our, our enrollment numbers are still above pre-COVID levels. So that's one reflection, I think, of, of, um, of, of the pandemic. Um, but, you know, my, my own, um, while I understand that, um, uh, probably in, 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 in many ways, um, CDC as the lead public health agency in the nation um, uh, got a lot of black eyes um, on um, its management uh, and, and response to the pandemic. Um, I think that there were um, some things that were attributed to the CDC um, that um, uh, were unfair and, um, and out of bounds because in, in many ways uh, the CDC was sidelined um, by the previous administration in a way that uh, we had never seen CDC um, uh, uh, managed um, in, 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 in previous large outbreaks or epidemics, um, such as Ebola or uh, even SARS-1. SARS right. um, but, but my own experience here at UAB during the pandemic uh, was to um, just be amazed and thankful and so appreciative of the work of um, our local, the Jefferson County Department of Health and the Alabama Department of Public Health um, of the, 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 the commitment um, and the, uh, um, the incredible courage that, um, that so many in public health practice uh, exhibited um, and um, just the, the, the incredible uh, investment of, of time and energy in trying to do the best that they could to, um, uh, to make the best situation possible for the public. Uh, and, and so my, my hat uh, remains off uh, to those uh, public health practitioners. Um, some of whom we know um, in, in many places um, became the objects of uh, workplace threats and violence. Sure. Um, simply by doing their job. And left um, the practice in many cases, right? Yes. Yes. Many, many, uh, many left practice. Um, but um, I think we're, uh, we're certainly hoping that uh, with the WHO's um, uh, ending of the public health um, 
emergency of international concern. Um, uh, um, uh, statement on on um, on COVID and the CDC's uh, own lifting of the public health emergency. I'm, I'm hoping that we can truly say that that it is in our rearview mirror, even though we know that it's still here, and people are still contracting COVID, and people are still dying from COVID. But it has become, uh, in in um, in many ways, literally and figuratively endemic. Um, and and we'll continue to see COVID um, for years and years to come, no doubt. Sure. Um, but I think that um, I think we're um, in 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 many ways um, uh, uh, have have come out of the pandemic um, in in many ways with a stronger sense of of what public health can do both governmental public health agencies as well as public health writ large. And I include ORAU uh, under that large umbrella of, of, of public health related organizations. Well, that's a good segue actually to the work that Julie does because um, I know Julie and the whole team at ORAU do um, yeoman's work and, and Julia, I know your expertise is in things like non-medical interventions and, you know, in preparedness and um, evaluating response. You know, one of the large projects that um, you have been working on, I'm not sure if it's complete or not, so you can answer that question, but was for the Office of Inspector General, you know, at HHS to measure um, and evaluate, to evaluate the response to um the pandemic and how to basically be better prepared when the next one comes, because there will be a next time. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I think, you know, in public health, the, the threats are constant for sure, but um, certainly there were still hurricanes and natural other natural disasters that went on during COVID. Um, and, you know, they just don't stop just because there's um an outbreak so you know that really stresses a system in in ways that um you know you, you don't ever want to stress it but you you learn where the flexibilities are and um where the areas are that could be a little bit more elastic um and hopefully we don't get into the situations of I guess what I'm going to call learning lessons, because I think it's one of those things that you, you learn something, but then what are you doing about it? Right. So you take that one moment in time and you learn, but how are we correcting some of those things? And I think we see that at the national level right now with certain offices being um, create, having been recently created at CDC and some white house initiatives focusing on new areas like, um, well, renewed emphasis or new areas for public health, like big data moder modernization, um, surveillance, things that um, needed adjustments or could use some enhancements um, to be better prepared for the next fill in the blank that happens. Right. Um, and so, you know, preparedness and response is just this fascinating area to me 
because it's just so dynamic and never, you never stop learning. Um, right. And so it, it's um, where we go from there. I, I, I'm so like hopeful and excited about the next 20 years, but really the next five is what is going to happen in the public health world. Um, because it's almost like a completely new, like a, a whole new world um, that, you know, embarking on because of all these things that have happened. And it's just um, such an amazing time to be in public health right now. Well, that's exciting to hear that, that we're sort of in exciting, almost rebirth, so to speak, of, of a of a practice and a profession because we're, we've learned so much and there's so much more now to uh, emphasize and put our focus on. Um, Paul, do you see that as well? I absolutely do. And um, we will uh, definitely want to stay connected uh, to, to Julie because of the work that, that she's done in evaluating the response to the pandemic. Uh, because um, we will be standing up a new uh, DRPH, a doctorate in public health, um, in leadership in public health preparedness. Okay. And uh, we'll reach out to Julie for help in, um, in our curriculum development. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> the... the, the state of UAB and the School of Public Health is tremendous um, and, and getting that overview and listening getting to listen to where things were in the last couple of years and where they're going and what's happened and it's just I'm so excited for the school. That's great news to hear. Um, you know and Julie we've talked about preparedness um, you know and sort of lessons learned from um, the pandemic and other, you know, natural disasters and other, you know, incidents that require sort of large scale response. But at the same time, there's always, right, ongoing disease surveillance, right? We're, we're always, you know, as my heart lives in all things cancer. So, um, you know, tracking cancer incidents and mortality and watching those improve because we're doing a better job of educating people about early detection and prevention and you know so there's there's the big stuff right there's the like disaster preparedness which is hugely important and i you know we have a, a very large um group of folks who are expert in that but we also have a group of experts who are you know involved in sort of that day-to-day -day, the education the ongoing um here's what you can do about this and here's how prevention works and you know all of those so there's almost there's literally room for anybody in <laughs> public health right depending on sort of what your focus is and, and where you want to um you put your skills i guess um so you know as ever i i was not a public health practitioner working at the knox county health department i'm a marketing guy by background, but um, running those programs was amazing. And the people that I got to work with still to this day and knowing what they've been through, you know, during the pandemic, just 
Dr. Irwin, like, you, my hats are off and remain off to, like, holy cow, those people know their stuff. Yeah. And you all know your stuff. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where that's going except to say there's still a lot to do <laughs> in the wide world of Mexico. There, there, there certainly is, Michael. One, one of the things that, um, that the pandemic did was make visible what many of us in, in public health uh, were well aware of, but um, I would say the general public was not. And that's um, health inequities. Absolutely. And I think what became very apparent uh, with uh, with with the pandemic were the very extensive health inequities um, uh, experienced by people of color um, mm-hmm. and um, and and low income um, uh, uh, Americans as well, uh, regardless of color. Um, significant health inequities that continue to um, call for our attention. Absolutely. And um, in addition to laying bare the health inequities, I think the challenges of mental health. Oh, yes. And how pervasive those challenges are. And um, I have to imagine there's great intersection in, you know, all of those in the health equity issues, the mental health issues that exist, um, et cetera. I mean, just access to all of that is, um, I, I feel like just from the conversations I've had, um, not only in our organization, but in some of the cancer groups that I work with, we're sort of at this inflection point where we really need to figure this out and we need to figure it out now. Um, does that, sort of feel like the next great public health emergency, if there is such a thing? It's certainly one of them, wouldn't you say, Julie? I absolutely agree. So we're not simple problems and yeah, they took right. some time to develop. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, they didn't happen overnight, so they're not going to be solved overnight either. So Mistrust, I think. Mm. Um being one of those areas that's sort of like quickly shot to the top of the list for many people in public health as a, oh, well, we didn't really cover a whole lot of this, but mm-hmm. it's certainly something that we have to address and how to best address it. And um, right. what are those best strategies? Right. And how do you reach people who don't trust the healthcare system? They don't trust public health. They don't trust the messaging. They don't. Um, and they've never been taken seriously. You know, they've never, you know, if you live in an area of town that doesn't have access, you know, and it's not like suddenly you're going to wake up and have access and then, oh, trust the system and everything's going to be great, right? Um, so it, it feels like from my, my perspective as a lay person, there's a lot of groundwork that needs to be covered to rebuild that trust. And it's not just about sort of throwing the doors open and access for everybody. It's, you know, yes, that's important, but people aren't just going to walk in the door because the door's open. 
takes time to correct the problems that it took time to develop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Um, for both of you, anything I haven't asked that you want to make sure we talk about in the time that we have left. And it's okay if there is nothing. So. Well, I hope that um, we can continue this connection with ORAU uh, and that, Julie, I hope that you'll be able to um, uh, to serve as a, a place for potential internships for, um, for our students. I know that when I was um, at UT, uh, a number of our students did their MPH internships at ORAU and, and those turned into jobs, full-time jobs for many people. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the same can continue to take place with you, Julie, because uh, we certainly, um, certainly admire the work that you're doing. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> awesome. Because I have goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing that as a yes, Dr. Irwin. <laughs> ah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, one more question for both of you. This is a question I ask everybody and I almost forgot. What brings you joy? There's so many children. Happy children. Happy children. I like it. All right. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take that to a healthy, uh, a healthy next generation. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Good on both of you. I like that a lot. Well, thank you both for joining me for this conversation. I hope we can do it again and um, talk more about um, how we're working together to solve some of those big problems we talked about. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Irwin. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, Julie. Thank you both. Have a great day. All right. Y'all too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Further Together, the ORAU podcast. To learn more about any of the topics discussed by our experts, visit www.orau.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, at ORAU, and on Instagram, at ORAU Together. If you like Further Together, the ORAU podcast, we would appreciate you giving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help more people find the podcast.